good day to you. So in this meditation period, um, we'll be reviewing and expanding the instructions for uh, meditation practice and practicing together. So a quick review, um, when we come into stillness meditation, um, important to take the time at the beginning of that meditation to settle, ground, attend to the posture, whatever our posture for the stillness meditation is. Um, and then as we're doing that and, and going through that process, then it's important for us to um, connect with our anchor experience so we've been naming it the anchor, the home base. Uh, Don was naming it our ancestral home. Uh, whether it's the sensations of breath in the body. Um, some of us are using an anchor of sounds and listening. Some of us are using for an anchor body scan repeatedly. Lots of different anchors we can use. But whichever one we choose, we want to choose it and not just through the meditation, but through the whole retreat when we're meditating, um, come back to it through thick and thin because we're developing a relationship with it. So it's important uh, to, you know, in each cycle with our anchor, uh, connect and sustain with that cycle, but also to connect and sustain with the relationship with our home base over time, the way that we would with any relationship that we care about. And then once we feel a little bit more settled, you know, it's the art of meditation is, is kind of um, feeling into and, and trusting when to keep it simple, just with one thing. And when there's the conditions and the space to expand out and include more of our human experience. And so in the previous day's instructions, that expanding out and including more, um, a piece about expanding out to include sounds, uh, especially if they aren't our, our anchor or our primary object, uh, including more sensations in the body when they move into the foreground and kind of grab our attention. And then yesterday, the same with thoughts. So just to keep it uh, simple, uh, we could say step one, connect with the anchor. Uh, stay, develop the relationship as much as we can. Uh, step two, when one of those other experiences forces itself into the foreground of attention, we can move into some of those other practices like labeling it, uh, exploring it a little bit more deeply in its direct experience. Uh, other instructions that were given. Uh, when in doubt, we can return to the anchor. You know, if you're not sure what to do, come home. Come home to your home base. 
and then in addition to that, of course, we've got the whole world of emotions that are happening all the way through the experience of our lives and all the way through our, our sitting meditation, our stillness meditation. So just to expand a little bit more into that world and then we'll practice together. So yesterday, Dawn was um, talking about how thoughts can fuel emotions. It works both ways. When we're having a lot of thoughts about a topic, sometimes we call that a story, um, that can fuel emotions about the topic, but so too emotions can fuel more thoughts. So they work both ways. In their essence, what we call emotions um, it's actually energy. And uh, at the essence level of emotions at energy, it's not actually so different than, say, the energy of the body. Uh, there's this relationship between uh, mental energy and physical energy. And so these energies solidify in our experience to create what we call emotions, to create what we call sensations in the body. So there's these different levels of um, contacting. And sometimes it's quite concrete, and sometimes it's really the world of energy and much more amorphous. And you might have a lot less to say about it in terms of the thinking mind, if we ha especially if you haven't explored it that way so much. But the real key um, with thoughts or emotions uh, is this kind of open question. Could I not take it so seriously all the time? Uh, do I have to believe it as real and about me and like everlasting? And sometimes the answer to that question will be, yes, it is real, it is everlasting, it is about me. And, you know, we can open in honoring the experience of emotions, of including the emotions, because the whole practice is about inclusion. And we have these deep patterns of othering our experience. And of course, when we other our experience internally, then it makes it a lot easier to other external experience as well. So the, the real key in terms of the heartfulness and the attitude of mind is this honoring, naming, including, allowing, but also this wider perspective that they aren't as real as they appear. Both and. It's absolutely happening. It feels incredibly personal when it does. And that bigger space that it might not be as personal as it appears. So weaving a little bit with the instructions that Don gave yesterday about thoughts, just wanted to name four ways to support us in this not believing that it's real and forever. And then we'll play with them in the guided meditation. So number one, we can label an emotion. 
When we're in a relationship with somebody and we call them by name, there's more connection. So we call the emotion by name. Could just be emotion, a real simple name, or it might be something more particular. Happiness, sadness, fear, rage, and on and on and on. And so in that way, that emotion gets to be seen and included in mindful attention. Number two, the interconnection of the emotional energy and the sensation energy in the body. So what that looks like is we go, oh, I'm feeling excitement in this moment. How do I know that? Where does it live in the body? What are the sensations that tell me that I'm feeling sad right now? So we label it, we make a connection with the energy of sensations in the body. Uh, Number three, providing space for the emotion, intermingling with space. So we'll work with that in meditation in a few ways. And then number four, noticing how it changes. The emotion itself. And sometimes it's a conglomerate of emotions. You know, there can be like a a sadness and then there's kind of um, a a sense of of sweetness or um, almost love in that moment. And then it moves into like a little bit of anxiety. So there can be conglomerates as well. We can notice how they change. They arise, they linger, they pass. Sometimes they're um, really obvious arisings and passings, and sometimes they're more like underlying currents and moods. So those are uh, four ways that we can be supported in not getting so caught up in the experience of emotions as real and all about me forever and ever. So let's practice with this. I'm just taking a moment to arrive more fully in the posture of the body. And if it helps to make some micro movements to open up the upper chest, the back body, behind the heart, tucking in the chin, wiggling the hips, feel free to do that. To support and ease and alertness in the physical posture. Feeling the sensations that tell you that the body is resting on the ground. So it might be sensations of pressure or warmth or pulsing, whether it's the feet or the legs or your seat. But feeling into that sense of connection with ground.
And taking a moment to scan the attention through the body with particular attention and intention to soften any places of holding or tension right now. So we might want to make a check about softening the forehead, the muscles around the eyes, and letting the jaw go again. And noticing how the shoulders know how to drop and relax on each exhale, allowing that. And perhaps taking a few deeper breaths to give some space to any tension in the core of the body. And softening through the hips and Feeling the hands resting gently in the lap. And softening down the legs. So we're just inviting a little more caring attention into the body in this way. So instead of moving right to the anchor that you've chosen, take a little time to explore these four steps with the motions. And then we'll keep going with the practice that can include the anchor experience. So just checking into your overall mood as we're beginning this meditation. Oh, it can be kind of a a low mood or a buoyant mood or kind of peaceful and just checking in. And you might practice with any of these four techniques just with an underlying mood 
or you might notice that there are some more particular emotions that are swimming around in direct experience right now. And so in checking for that, if you notice an emotion or a couple emotions dancing together, um, this opportunity to call them by name in your own mind, to make that intimate connection through labeling. And then we can check for the interconnection with this emotional experience within the sensation experience of the body. So we have different bodily expressions of emotion, but just name a few. So sometimes when I notice sadness, I'll check in with the area of the face. Sometimes there'll be sensations in the eyes or the cheeks. It might be different for you with sadness. It's just an invitation to look and see. Sometimes for me, when there's happiness, I'll um, start to notice it in the the area of the upper chest in the space of heart and a kind of um, opening and buoyancy, almost bubbly and the sensations in the body. Sometimes when there's frustration or anger, and I'll notice it in the guts of things, it gets kind of tight and (laughs) grumbly down there. So again, just noticing already, there might be an emotion that's arisen while I was talking that wasn't there when I began. They're changing. They're just noticing one, naming it, and then checking in the body. What's the experience of the body with this emotion? Feeling those sensations can help us not get so caught in the stories connected with the emotions. So sometimes when there's a, particularly when there's a strong emotion or mood that has uh, brought itself to the fore of experience, um, I find this practice of intermingling with space to be very helpful. You can try taking a deeper breath or two with an emotion and the sensations of it in the body, just as they are. Taking a deeper breath gives it space. It reminds us on a nervous system level 
that there's enough air to breathe with what we're feeling. Sometimes when we're exploring emotion a little bit more fully in mindfulness, it can start to be a sense of the space around the emotion or even opening up into the space around the body. So it's like, oh, there's this disappointment that's sort of dragging energy down and I'm feeling it in this place in the body and there's all this space around the body in this experience. And then in moments, there may also be just resting back into the great space of awareness presence itself. Awareness presence with this changing, flowing, bubbling current of emotion. And the changing, moving sensations in the body And just in a moment, there may be the resting in the vast space of presence awareness with the whole thing. And so we can notice how it's all changing. Emotion was there, bringing that attentive presence to it. It arises, it passes. Some accompanying thoughts or emotions arise and pass. And then we can start to make some choices. The great art of meditation. We can choose to return to the anchor experience to our home base. Come on home. We can choose to 
come on home and also continue to be open to any sounds or body sensations, thoughts or other emotions that really come into the foreground. Take a few moments to experience it, name it, investigate it more fully, and then come on back home. And then there may be times as mindfulness deepens that we don't need to kind of keep jumping back to the breath or the sounds as our anchor. There's a steadiness, there's an openness, there's a connection with experience as it's rising and passing and being known. So when you notice that type of experience happening, you don't need to just run home to the primary object again. It's really fine to take a little bit of time and just be very, very open um, without preference and bringing this care of attention to each experience as it rises and passes and is known. Experience of a sound, experience of a thought about the sound, experience of an emotion, experience of that emotion in the body, all arising and passing and being known. So that's also a fine way to open and include. But when that feels a little too much, when in doubt, come on home, home base. Enjoy your art of meditation.
Thank you. So in every retreat, there's a lot of meditation instructions given. Uh, it's part of why so many of us uh, attend retreat after retreat after retreat, because there's so much to learn and explore. Um, so if there was a tool or a technique in any of the meditation instructions this week, uh, one that you'd never heard before, that you thought, oh, that would be helpful for my meditation in the times ahead. Or uh, maybe you're more experienced and you'd heard it before, but you hadn't been uh, practicing with it for a while and you thought, oh, that would be a good one to re-remember whether it's in the um, sitting meditation, lying down meditation, walking meditation. Somebody named a walking meditation instruction. You went, oh, that's my new favorite. Um, if you have anything like that out of the week, I would highly encourage you to revisit it multiple times today so that it gets bookmarked in your experience. You go, Oh, that technique with um, being with emotions, with giving it a little more space, that deeper breath really helped. Oh, you know, Oren's instruction about working with sensations in the body, that one was so helpful. You know, Dawn opening up the window of like, what is a thought? Where does it come from? Where does it go? Whatever it is, um, revisit it in your meditations so that you get that momentum going so that you remember it. Um, this is another way to kind of bring in the, um, the enthusiasm and the curiosity in this day of practice so that we really stay in the continuity of this day of practice. You know, it's a really precious day of practice today, this arc in the retreat. Um, we can't make it happen, but after we've been doing meditation intensively like this for a number of days, um, sometimes at this point in the retreat, we'll start to notice little ahas that we sometimes call insights. And they can be quite simple, um, sometimes ridiculously obvious, and yet we're having them as a direct experience. So they land within us and move out into our lives in a fuller way. You know, so there's so many reasons to um, encourage all of us to, you know, to stay, stay all the way in the retreat, but that's a really major benefit. Um, keep with the schedule that you made for yourself, whether it's following the, just the schedule that, that we've put out or your own kind of personal schedule, stay with it all day. Keep that dance of mindfulness going. All postures. No, Buddha taught we could wake up in all postures and all activities are also available to wake up in. So in that spirit, um, I remember the, the first day of the retreat a long time ago now, 
I chose my shoulders as a place in the body to come back to as I was doing activities that were not formal meditation. Today, I'm going to choose my hands so that every time I reach out for something or I pick up something, I can re-remember the bodily presence. I hope you choose a new place in the body too. Again, it just really helps with the continuity when we're not doing formal meditation. So I'm going to touch my hands to bookmark it in somatic experience. You can touch the part of your body that you're going to remember and forget and remember to come back to. And maybe you want to use the momentum of this time in practice to also choose one activity uh, in your day um, that you just want to spotlight in mindfulness so that there's more mindfulness momentum uh, in future days when you do that exact same activity. This is a place of training for that. One of the places I'm upping my mindfulness game in all activities in the recent couple months is teeth brushing and flossing. You know, we do it every day multiple times. It's so easy to just kind of not quite, not quite be present and therefore not quite complete it and therefore gums are not as happy, okay, which was my experience recently. So um, one of the people I work with individually uh, started a practice years ago of doing Brahma Vihara quadrants, heart practice quadrants. So one quadrant was um, friendliness feeling friendliness. One quadrant was care of the mouth. And then another one was joy. Another one was equanimity. It helps me stay mindful. <laughs> All right. A little announcement meditation and then we'll see what your questions are. So if you kind of just were being in the sound of my voice, um, if you could just uh, listen up for content for this first announcement, super helpful. Hi. Okay, we're in content world. Um, please come, please attend the 4 p.m. Pacific heart practice session. Okay, because at the beginning of that session, we're going to do some um, information announcements that you need for um, the end of the retreat. So 4 p.m. Pacific time, which is the heart practice time, please come, please come a few minutes early so that we can do that information and those announcements and then go into heart practice because we've got equanimity left and we want to play around in that field. Um, so thanks for doing that. Um, our last small groups are today and there are a few more spaces available. So if you haven't had a small group or you forgot to sign up, just go on the homepage, um, look for the, um, the part that says uh, small groups. Uh, for me on my laptop, it's over on the left um, bar, but it might be different on your device. So you know where the recordings and the um, supplemental resources and the affinity group information, it's right there. And then just click that and sign up. Again, um, this is just for people who are attending the whole retreat. We love our auditing friends, <laughs> but it's just for people who attend the whole retreat and we do one group uh, for the whole retreat. So if you've already had a small group, please don't sign up. All right, so 
What do you think? I think we've got a question in the chat or two here. You're welcome to put other ones in. Ah, what if the emotion you encounter is highly positive during meditation? This is such an important question. Do you still give it space? Do you treat it any differently than a challenging emotion? Um, so I think it's still really important for the intimacy of connection to name it. That was tool one. And then, um, you know, the, the whole, again, we don't have to use every tool for every emotion, but I think a benefit of um, giving uh, what, we, what we're calling a positive emotion some space is like, give it space to like live and be experienced. And so this may, space might be more of a sense of fullness of heart with the positive emotion. You know, rather than, oh, I'll take a few deeper breaths so that I can really like settle the nervous system and be with the challenging emotion. So different ways of opening up space. Um, and and again, you know, the, the, there are many other ways of working with emotions than just labeling and um, sensing it in the body. With a positive emotion, please feel the echo sensations in the body. Let it be lived through your whole experience. It is beautiful. And again, it, 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 it fills up the reservoir of our resiliency and, and um, reminds the, the negativity bias in our brains that there's more than just the trouble. So I hope that's helpful. Are there any other questions? Yeah, yeah you're welcome. <laughs> Okay. Ha ha ha. What are some tips for not fidgeting during meditation? I have ADHD, never quite comfortable, get distracted. I hear you. Um, for me, my, my hindrance of, of habit in the five hindrances is restlessness. So I hear you. And, um, one of the things that I'll do is adjust the posture more at the beginning so that I didn't just come into stillness and then feel trapped. Um, if I feel like I'm about to jump out of my skin, if my hands are in my lap, I'll just gently um, like press each finger starting with the pinky and feel the contact with the thigh. So that there's a sense of like, okay, I can be present with a little bit of movement so that I'm not just fidgety, 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 fidgety the whole time. And I'll do that for a couple minutes and then I'll stop and invite myself back into a fuller stillness. The other thing that helps me with a fuller stillness when I'm fidgety is opening up to the space around the body, giving it a bigger space. So I'm with you. Sometimes I feel something strongly in my body, heart opening, warming, but can't figure it out, what the emotion is. Should I just stay with the bodily feeling? Absolutely. You know? Whether it's just to keep it simple, uh, you know, positive emotion, challenging emotion, sometimes the name doesn't come. And so instead of call, we wouldn't bring in that tool at that point, calling it by name, um, but we'd bring the intimacy of 
like, yeah, what's the experience in the body? And then just feeling the sense of sometimes I like at the beginning, I talked about a mood, you know, it's a fine line between a mood and an emotion. But you might just have a sense of the tone without the specific name of the emotion. And yeah, just let it live through the body. And it's changing. And there's presence with it. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Last one. And I'm sure there are other wonderful ones. Thank you for all of these. Can you speak to titrating difficult emotions? Yes. So um, in the, we could give a whole talk on this, Um, but in terms of the meditation instructions, um, first of all, the principle of titrating is really important. So thanks for bringing it in. Um, Titration as a principle means less is more. The way Oren was um, fabulously articulating it is don't go in if you can't get out. Um, so we can touch into a difficult emotion. Sometimes I'll do like a three breaths model where I recognize a difficult emotion and I'll just say, okay, let me just take three breaths with it. Sometimes it'll be deeper breaths to get more space. Sometimes just regular. I take three breaths feeling this, and then I'll pendulate or move the attention either back home. I'll come on home to the, the anchor. Or I might take a moment and remember how I was talking about the touch points at the beginning of the retreat, feeling the hands or the feet. Well, it turns out that um, one of the things that feeling the hands or the feet does is it helps extra reactivity around difficult emotions just move down and out. So I might take a moment to, to feel the sensations in the hands or the feet. It's grounding, you know, and then just come back to the anchor. So it's this piece about less is more. Um, I used to have an idea that um, as a meditator, that if I just suffered enough, then I'd be free. And the result of that was I would drown in difficult emotions and I would lose mindfulness and I would lose connection and I wouldn't actually be there. And I thought that that was how I'd get free. Um, and it, it, it wasn't actually the skillful thing. So please, it's okay to touch in and then move out to the home base, to your hands or your feet, or even to wish yourself a little metta or compassion, you know, to touch in and be wider, touch in and be wider. So enjoy your day of practice and we'll see you later. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.